Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, we've been talking about our, our uh, This Is Journey. We spent the last couple of weeks, we spent the first week of, of January on our passion. Understanding that our passion is to reach those who have, yet to, uh, who have not yet discovered God's grace, love, and forgiveness. <laughs> So much so that we are willing to allow our comfort to be interrupted by our passion. Amen. Amen. We're willing to allow our, our comfort to be interrupted by our passion. Our passion is to love those and reach those that don't know Jesus. That's why Jesus came to this planet. To redeem relationship between us and him. To take the separation that was there and close that separation by the work on the cross. And so as a result, that's our mission now. That's not only our mission, but our passion is to touch those that don't know Jesus, that have, a, have yet to discover his love, grace, and forgiveness. And we're willing to be hindered from entering into our, our wants for the sake of his will. We're willing to be hindered, interrupted our lives and our circumstances so that we can reach those that are lost. Last week, we talked about our mission. We made very clear, and it's in our bulletin today, Journey Church of Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. That's, that's the, the, the very reason you and I are here today, is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while at the same time growing in a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ together. And so today, this, the, the series that we're in, this is Journey, is our big thought. You can, it's kind of repetitive a little bit, but here it, here it is again. Journey Church Ventura is a church who is unapologetically committed to the heartbeat of the biblical mission of reaching people who have yet to experience love, grace, and forgiveness of Jesus while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the, the theme or the thread that runs through our, our, our series. Now, have you ever asked yourself the question, why are we here? Why do I get up on Sunday morning, on my weekend, and show up to church? Have you ever asked that question? No. I hope you have, because it gives you a reason to be here. If you haven't asked that question, then maybe you're just kind of going with the flow. It's, it's what Christians do. It's, it's what we, I think there needs to be a clear reason. I think there needs to be a clear answer. I think it's part of the church's strategy. And strategy. So we've talked about our passion, we've talked about our mission, while we exist, but we want to talk about our strategy. You see, I, I, I come in contact with a lot of people who say, this is what I'm all about, I'm all about this, I'm all about that. And then you don't see the behavior. Right? You see, I, I, I do this, I'm all about that, I'm all about this, but they don't have the actions or the behavior that follows the all about that. So if you say today, I'm all about this, I would look at your life and go, okay, if you're all about that, then you must be doing what that is all about. Right? And if you're not doing what that's all about, then there's something kind of messed up there because we're inconsistent with our mission or our stated mission. It's okay to have good intentions, but it's not okay, okay to have actions that don't follow those good and so we have to do what we say we're going to do. And that's, this is where the walk 
the, or the talk becomes the walk. We take what we believe is our passion, we believe what our mission is, and we turn it into a strategy. A strategy is simply the plan or the way we're going to do church, or the way we're going to um, be as a church and the way we're going to act as a church. And we've chosen uh, these four uh, words that I believe very clearly help us understand what we're going to do as a church, our strategy. Here's how we're going to fulfill the mission that God has placed in our hearts. And so we'll put it on a slide, and it's four simple words. You can say it with me. Meet, Meet. model, mingle, mingle, and merge. Okay, you know how to, you know how Journey Church is going to do church. Meet, model, mingle, and merge. Meet, we meet for inspiration on Sundays. That's why we're here, to be inspired to live for Christ, to be inspired to go deeper in the Word, to be inspired to figure out how do we answer life's questions and with the Bible. How do we go continue to move forward in our, in our walks with God? How do we get excited about the faith and the, the hope and the joy that we have in Jesus? That's what it's all about. And so that's part of our strategy. We're going to meet every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to meet every Sunday. And then we're going to model. We're going to model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. We're going to model our lives after the life and likeness of Jesus. So everything that we do is going to wrap around what does it mean to live out the life of Jesus here on, 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 in our culture today? What does it mean to live out the purpose? What does it mean to live out the likeness and the light of Jesus Christ? Because we're not asked to be like anybody else but Jesus. Amen. And we are most like ourselves. I've said this in the past week. We are most like ourselves when we are most like Jesus. Because that's who we were designed to be. His spirit lives in us, and as a result, his spirit wants to live out of us. Amen. And it's him who lives out of us, not us. And so my hope is that you don't get Ricardo, you get Jesus. It comes out of me. And uh, everybody can say amen to that. <laughs> so we meet, we model, and then we mingle. And, and I realize we're playing with some, some uh, 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 alliteration with the M's, but mingle simply means we mingle in groups to live and learn together. This is where we, we stick together, we mingle together, we hang out together, and we grow together. And so we believe that everybody at Journey Church Ventura should be in a group, should be in some kind of a group that is gathering together on a weekly, at a minimum, uh, bi-weekly basis, and we spend time together, praying together, learning the word together, sharing life together, going through life together. Here's the deal with a group, is you would, if, if, um, if you get sick, the first people that should know about your sickness is your group. First people, because you're sharing life with them, you're doing life with them, you're hanging out with them, and as that group cares for you, then uh, then, then you know hopefully they, they would let me know. Hey, you know, uh, uh, Augie's in the hospital and he needs help, and he needs encouragement, he needs prayer, and all those kinds of things. But it's not about the pastor showing up to do all the care. The care actually helps, and as we grow, it becomes more and more difficult to do that as a pastor. I'm not saying I don't want to care, but the, the way to care for a large body, or a body even this size, is to have groups that care for each other. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So we meet, we model, 
We mingle and then we merge. And this merge part is not a leftover, it's a priority. It's mer we merge into the fabric of our culture to introduce Jesus to those who have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness. We merge. We don't, we go to them and we merge into their life circumstances. Yes. We merge into their workplace. We merge into, merge into their fun. We merge into their life circumstance, whatever they're going through. We, we, we merge into people's lives. And what we do when we do that is we bring Jesus into them, that yes. situation. Then they have an opportunity to meet Jesus. They have an opportunity. Why? Because you came into their lives. You entered into their circumstances. And that's where life change takes place. And that's where the missional effort of the church really transforms our community. Too many churches have isolated themselves by stop merging and separate and do nothing but meet together. And that's unhealthy because all we do is we bring all the light that is intended to be in the darkness, we bring it all together in one place. Mm -hmm. So we're a bright spot on the map Amen. for a day a week. Or maybe two days a week. But we're not a bright spot on the map out during the week and in the places where people are, are meeting and gathering and working and doing their thing. And so we merge into. So everybody, the strategy is meet, model, mingle, and merge. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, what does Journey Church Ventura do? What is church all about? Well, we meet, yep. we model, we mingle, and we merge. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's as simple as that. And we're going to keep it that simple. We're not going to try and complicate it by doing other things. We're not going to try and complicate it by doing everything we can think about. We're just going to do these four things. And I'm confident as your pastor and that as we do these things, we're going to see God do some amazing, yes. amazing things to reach our community, to change lives, to transform our hearts and the hearts of those that have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Are you in? Amen. Awesome, awesome. All right, so today we're going to focus on we meet. The big question I asked earlier is simply this. Why should we meet together each Sunday? What is the value to all involved today? What is the value for you being in this room, for your kids, grandkids, being in that room over there, or those rooms over there? What is the value of all of that? Well, I'm going to start with kind of a theological explanation of why we have the privilege of meeting together. Okay? You guys okay with that? Yes. There's a great passage in Hebrews chapter 10, and it starts with verse 19. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, this is a great passage of scripture that explains something very important on why we gather together, why we meet. And it's this word since. So if you, if you look at this passage again, therefore, brothers and sisters, since, so as a result of something happening, we, have, we get to do something. So since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, this is a privilege that you and I have to meet together not just meet together as people, but meet together in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. Yes. Yes. This, 
It's, it's a powerful reality that the, the, the people prior to Jesus did not have this privilege. They were not able to go into the very presence of the Almighty. In fact, the only time, there was once a year, that someone had the opportunity to do it, and that was the high priest who could go in, and if he wasn't right, he would die. Yeah. Wow. He would go behind this really thick veil, and he would go behind this into the Holy of Holies, or the most holy place, and he would represent the people. And he had to have blood on him. He had to, there's all kinds of little, little things that had to happen for him to even be worthy to go into God's presence. And then they would tie a rope on him, and if he didn't, if, if he died, they'd drag him out. Like, oh, bummer. We need another high priest. You know, uh, the, the, the sin wasn't forgiven. He wasn't righteous before the Lord. And he would go in. And, and he was the only one that could do that. When Jesus died on the cross, <laughs> in Mark 15, 37 through 38, said, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This was not just like tearing a piece of paper. This was tearing this big, thick cloth, and it was torn in two, representing the fact that now, because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, you and I have free access into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And we can spend time in His presence. Yes, when we worship today, He showed up. Yes. He actually came before you guys. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he is excited to meet with us. We get to be in his presence. We get to be it. And he doesn't see you and I through the, through the lens of our sin. He sees you and I through the, through the robe of righteousness that we wear because Jesus did the work on the cross. That's why we get to worship. That's why we get to, to meet in a place and come together, not just to hang out with each other. We could do that somewhere else. But we come together so that we can celebrate and so we could experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't limit the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to this place. You can experience it in your bedroom. You can experience it in your bathroom when you're worshiping before the Lord in your shower, in your birthday suit. Sorry to get that image. God is present because of the work that he did on the cross. So today, we have the privilege of coming together and meeting together and worshiping together, experiencing God's very presence. That's a privilege. Amen? Amen. So we start with that. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus and by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest, Jesus, over the house of God, then it says, it encourages us to do three things. Let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Draw near to God. Now, since this happened, since the, the curtain was ripped, and since we now have free access into the presence of the Lord, let us draw near. Let us not stay far away. That was kind of the cultural thing to do. Is let's let the high priest go in there. Good luck, guy. 
Now it's you and me. It's both of us, all of us, going in together and experiencing the presence of the Lord. Draw near. Live in freedom from guilt. Because we don't have to feel guilty when we come before the Lord. Why? Because of the work that he did on the cross. Amen. Amen. And so we have the privilege of coming to church and going, I'm guilt-free. I'm guilt-free. I'm, I'm sinless. I, I'm wearing this robe of righteousness, and as a result, I have I could not stand in this pulpit if it weren't for that robe of righteousness. I couldn't worship before the Lord if it weren't for the robe of righteousness. It's God who allows me to draw near to Him because I'm cleansed. I'm pure. I'm clean. I'm washed pure. That's what that whole passage says. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. We stand perfectly righteous, perfectly clean. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I love you. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. Yes. Good preaching, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 23 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Yes. One of the values I think of meeting together is that many of us feel alone in this world. Many of us feel like we're going through stuff that only we are going through. Don't you feel that sometimes? You're going through temptation, or you're going through a financial challenge, or you're meeting up with a physical issue, or you're having some marital challenges, and you just, who do I talk to? Where do I go? Who do I connect with? What, am I alone in this world? And this passage is saying, since Jesus did all the work, and since we can come into his presence, it says, let us hold, <clears throat> let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Where do you get that encouragement? In Jesus, absolutely. But I get it from Larry. I get it from Larry. When I come to Larry, I say, Larry, man, I'm struggling. I'm going through tough stuff. And I know Larry would be the first to say, God is on your side. It helps to have somebody who's reminding me that I'm in relationship with Jesus. I'm still, that God is still here. Roberta, when you broke your hip, wasn't it beautiful to know that, that somebody to come and say, God is with you. God is with you. And it's so good to see you here. God bless you. We need to hold unswerving men. And often that means coming together and, and encouraging one another. And letting each other know, reminding that we're not alone in this world. Gathering together is, is a, the value of that. It's just realizing there are other people on this planet that are going through stuff that we're going through. Yeah. Or that have gone through things that we're going through. And they can be there to remind us that God is faithful. For he who promised is faithful is what that passage says. It's good. Then verse 24, here's the bottom line. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. I love this passage of Scripture. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. 
If you're a, an underliner highlighter, if you uh, have a, a, your app open, you can highlight this passage, and it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. This is the work of the gathering. This is the work of the meeting. You and I are to prod each other. That's what this really means, is poke. Poke your neighbor. Be kind. If you have sharp nails, don't poke too hard. That can cause bleeding. This whole idea of spur one another on towards love and good deeds is that we poke. It's actually to provoke. It's actually like uh, when, when someone would say, come on, just do it. Come on, everybody's doing it, right? Come on, hey, everybody's sharing their faith. Just do that. Come on, go out there and live a faith-filled life. Come on, go be like Jesus. Come on, do what God's calling you to do. Come on, you can do it. Come on, you can get through this difficult time. Come on. It's that annoying poking. It's that annoying, you can make it, you can do it. And I have people say, don't tell me that anymore. You get my presence, it's good. You're going to hear it. Because it's true. Jesus is bigger than our problems. Jesus is bigger than, 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 than our issues and our circumstances. Jesus, why? And it helps to know that somebody in the room believes. Sometimes it's just the, com, the, the combined faith of the church rather than my single faith. It helps me get through difficult times. Because mm-hmm. I doubt. I go through difficult times. I go through issues. I, I face those things and I feel alone. And let us consider how we may spur one another. Have you ever tried to do one another by yourself? Doesn't work. I I can look at myself in the mirror, and then I've got personality issues. (laughs) I'm encouraging me, and then I'm encouraging the other me. And then there's three of me, and then I have a psychological issue. (laughs) Schizophrenia. That doesn't work. We need one another. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. The very nature of who Jesus is. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. The writer of Hebrews was very clear that meeting together is essential. Yes. It's necessary. And the purpose of that meeting together is to provoke or inspire. This is the word we're using. Inspire each other to live for Christ. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, and the reason for that is that as the day approaches, as the time when Jesus is going to return and come and get his people, it's going to get harder and harder to take a stand for. And we need that encouragement. We need that because it's not going to get easier to live for Jesus. It's going to get harder. And I know that doesn't sound like the hope-filled message. The hope-filled message is we're all going to heaven. The harder message is that it's not going to get easy. The enemy is going to ramp up his efforts as we ramp up ours. And as the Holy Spirit pours out of us, he's going to do everything he can to resist. So we need each other. We need to consider one another. We need to spur one another on, poke each other. We need to continue meeting together. We need to feel that sense of urgency that Jesus is coming back. And when we provoke, we provoke positivity, we provoke faith, we provoke the likeness of Christ, we encourage each other. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what meeting is all about. That's what meeting is all about. Well, it was example in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And I'll read this very quickly. This is what it looks like. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. It's kind of the model church experience. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, hanging out together, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Communion is the breaking of bread, obviously prayer is prayer, prayer together. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There was an evidence of God's presence that showed up when everybody gathered and believed, and believed together. All the believers were together and had everything in common. What I believe what he means here is by everything in common is a common mission. Not a common life. There were carpenters, there were electricians. Well, I don't know if there were electricians in those days. Um, but there, there were all kinds of trades and people and all kinds of different things going on. And there were all kinds of, 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 of different... So not everybody was doing the same thing. You see, unity is not conformity. Unity is not everybody being the same and looking the same and doing the same. Everybody has a common mission. And in that mission, everybody fulfills their part and their role. That's why I like the image of the body of Christ. It's because all of us are different, but put us together, we're capable of doing something incredible. And that's why I believe the word says together. All the believers were together and had, had everything in common. The mission was in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I love that generosity. And what happens in the church I love the benevolent nature of the church. Verse 46, every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Every day. That's crazy. In, our, in today's world, that would be a little crazy, right? Having meetings every day? A little bit, okay? Some of you are going, I don't know, I like that. <laughs> they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They had groups. They had small groups. They ate together, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So there's a cool experience or a cool understanding of these groups meeting together, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. That's the church. Yes. That's the church. That's who we are. We're this group of people that will meet together, that will learn together, that will pray together, that will commune together, that will believe God to do some pretty amazing things, that all of us will have one common mission, and that is to enter the journeys of those who have yet to experience God's love, grace, and forgiveness, while at the same time, or while together growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our mission. And our mission is common, but it doesn't make us all the same, which I'm glad. It makes us all different. And I just believe that God is bringing all of our differences, all of our diversity, and all of who we are and putting us together so that we can see the end of this passage come to, come to life. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I believe that. 
I believe that. I think our first goal, our first passion should be to see that we have at least 365 people come to Jesus. It would be wonderful if that happened this year. I don't know if we're there yet. Maybe that's a faithful statement, but I believe that God is going to use you and me to reach people that don't know Jesus. And I believe that that is our reason for being and the purpose of meeting together is to see that uh, we're encouraged to go out and live for Jesus, inspired to live for him. Here's what I want you to be confident when you come on Sundays. I want you to be confident that the Bible will be preached, that Jesus will be celebrated and worshipped, that life issues will be addressed, that it won't be weird. I want you to be, I want you to be okay with that. I mean, if Jesus does miracles, miracles are weird all in themselves. Because if they were miracles, it would be the norm. I want you to be confident that it'll be fun, we'll have a good time, that salvation will always be offered. And maybe you'll get tired of the altar call at the end, but I will never get tired of it um, in the sense that if there's one person in this room that doesn't know Jesus, we always want to make that offer. Your kids, your grandkids will always have a place to come and learn about Jesus. I want you to be confident in that. That every Sunday, we will have a place for your children to come in and learn about Jesus. That's what's happening right now. And I want the, the kids of this community to know that we're going to do everything, the parents, to, we're going to do everything we can to bring these kids up in the love and admonition of the Lord and understand who Jesus is in their lives. And lastly, that you'll be inspired to love and good deeds, to live like Jesus. That's my commitment to you. The Bible be preached, Jesus be celebrated and worshipped, life issues will be addressed, it won't be weird, it'll be fun, Salvation will always be offered. Your kids will always have an opportunity to learn about Jesus. And we will be inspired to love and Jesus. That's why we meet. That's who we are. And what I hope and pray is that as we continue to grow together, as we continue to understand who we are, our strategy, this part of the strategy is an opportunity to be inspired, but it's also an opportunity for you to bring your friends. I understand what it's like to be in a church for your life. No, I don't know if I want to bring my friends. I've seen a few. I've been a pastor of one for a while until I learned about what was going on. I was like, I don't even know if I want to bring a friend to my church. And I had to change things. I had to make things different so that there was a comfortable place for you to know that you could bring your friends. And I'm just excited about that. And so as, as Jesus encourages us, as the writer of Hebrews encourages us, let's be a place where you can come together, where we can come together and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.